0: So tonight I would like to introduce you to a very beautiful and profound practice. It is called Tonglen, a Tibetan practice, which uh, many uh, practitioners in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition have chosen as the heart practice. So heart practice means that's what what they what they dedicate their practice to. The hard practice is the one where you feel drawn to, and the practice which you travel upon to to awakening, where you commit to yourself to. So it is a very uh, it is a. Precious practice, and it is not a practice for beginners. So to really practice Tonglen, you need to be a rather mature person, an stable person. And it happens quite easily that a practice like Tonglen is watered down, kind of being turned into one of the many kind of feeling good or relaxation practices. So that is a bit sad. On the other hand, there's uh, practices, there's aspects of the Tonglen practice which uh, are helpful and beautiful for for us as beginners. So there's aspects of the Tonglen practice where which we can use to prepare ourselves to practice the real Tonglen. And that's a bit what I want to do today tonight. Because practicing Tonglen means to practice real Tonglen means that you are emotionally so mature and stable that you can make the problems of other people your problems. This is a big thing. Usually We are in a place in our life where we are so occupied with our own emotional stuff, with our own emotional wounds, there's hardly space for another person, real, really. I mean, we're also decent and nice and we practice a bit of generosity and we help another person. And that's wonderful, but the practice of Tonglen is a bit more. And for practicing Tonglen you actually need to have a bit of a realization of selflessness and of the nature of your mind. And to practice real, real tonglen, you need to have aligned. You have to. You have to. You need to for for real tonglen. You need to align your life purpose to one goal, and that goal is awakening. So. So that's that's buddhichitta, the awakened heart. To align the energies, your creativity, your longing, your power, your courage towards awakening. So the way I want to do it tonight is to... Introduce you through to three steps. How we can practice Tonglen as a preparation for practicing real Tong Len. So and I, I thought the name for that. Tonglen practice is uh, Tonglen light. I, I have that from Alex Burson who talks about Dharma light and the real Dharma. And it's he got it from kola light and cola. Yeah? So cola light is kind of kola, but it's not the real thing. So Tonglen light is kind of Tonglen and it's beautiful and it, it can make changes in your life, but it is not, it's and light. I was just thinking about an image um, which might which might be an image to express a real tongue then. And that is, uh, I don't know if you know the Hindu teacher Amma. She is a, a divine being who woke up uh, already as a child and she is uh, traveling around and uh, the main thing she does is hugging people for like 14 hours in a row. And there's a, a, a documentary about her. It's called Darshan. And in that documentary there's a there's an old clip from her when, when she was a young woman. It's black and white. And in that clip she is holding a leper and is licking the wounds of that leper, uh, of that person, who is like, has oozing wounds and is dirty and smelling, and, and, and she, is, uh, she is licking these wounds. So that is real Tonglen. And, uh, and something in us naturally says, don't make your hands dirty. Something in us says... Uh, Don't let other people in in my territory. And Tonglen is a practice of making your territory a public place. And for that you need to be emotionally very stable because otherwise it will will destroy you, it will wipe you out. So, not letting everyone into your tori- territory, of course, in our stage is a healthy thing to do. So, how can the practice of Tom Ben support us to to grow up and growing up here meaning uh, growing up meaning to become a mature emotional stable person so that there is space for others So the three steps I want to introduce you to and then we will start with the first short meditation is First step is Increasing your capacity No, increasing your familiarity, increasing your familiarity with what you can call Buddha nature. Because in the practice of Tonglen, we are not taking in the pain of others. We are not opening to the pain of others from the perspective of the little self. We are taking in the pain of others from the perspective of... What's the word for that? From the perspective of who you really are. So we are taking in, we are opening to the problems of others from the perspective of the sky. From, from the perspective of the sky-like nature of your being. From, from the perspective of truth, not from the perspective of confusion. So this is very important. So we could stay now here for about 10-15 years. Then the second step is the practice of radical self-acceptance. As I said before, what happens when we are confronted with the problems of other people, that we get so caught up with our reactivity, with our fears, with our emotions, yeah, there's hardly any creativity left, there's hardly any, crev- there's, there's <coughs> often not even empathy left. I mean, think about, you know, in your intimate relationship, uh, in a crisis in, in your intimate relationship, it happens so easy, easily that I am, or well, when I talk for, for myself, that I am so caught up in my own childhood conditioning and wounding. I mean, there's no space for empathy for my partner. So there's there's a lot of healing needs to be done. And uh, what heals is love, what heals is acceptance. What heals is being more and more easygoing with who you are. I mean, for myself, I'm—I'm not really expecting that in this life I would be able to heal all my wounds and all my traumas. I am not, honestly, I'm not expecting that anymore. But I can learn to love them, to be easygoing with them to be, uh, uh, to be comfortable within, within, within imperfection, and then there's space for other people, because then I can, because then I can, you know, then I can open, then, then I can let you in, without my own shit coming to the foreground. So it is traditionally also taught that Tonglen practice needs to start with ourselves. And and, uh, for us, you know, coming from those dysfunctional dysfunctional families in a dysfunctional society, it's like this uh, start Tonglen with yourself should be said three times in the traditional text first point start tonglen with yourself second point start tonglen with yourself third point start tonglen with yourself everything else is just parrot tonglen yeah you can say say the right words you can say, the, my, my, my nice movements, you can visualize some light and some black in, but, but it's just, you know, not, it does not, it does not, uh, it does not touch your being, which is healthy at that point. Because otherwise, you would re-traumatize yourself. So, and then, so, first step, familiarize yourself with Buddha nature. Second step, radical self-acceptance. Third step, I make this up a little bit while I go along, so <laughs> <laughs> I have, have not. There's flexibility in this. Yeah. So third step is. Op- starting, you no, starting to open to the pain of another person, feeling into the pain of a situation. But what is important here, that you don't lose the connection with what you have developed so far in the first step, the the groundedness in the indestructibility of your goodness, And the radical love to your wounds. So it's like you start the third step you start with Oh how how far can I go here? Oh and it's like ninety percent ninety percent staying with your Buddha nature and staying with radical acceptance and 10% opening to another, 5% opening to another person. And then, stepping back, reassuring yourself, staying connected in, in psychological terms, you would say, staying connected with your resource leaning into the pain but that is real then yeah so that is real then so your your heart your belly is open and and that what you what you give and what you say or what you not say comes not from your neurotic conditioning For example, the neurotic neurotic conditioning, oh, I need to be the good girl here. Or the neurotic conditioning, oh, I hope everyone sees that I'm a very generous person here. Or the neurotic conditioning of uh, wanting to be loved. It's actually not giving, it's like a kind of business. So I give you a little bit, so that you then give me back. So in the third step, we can start with a a person which is close to us, where it is a bit easier. with your children, with your partner, with friends, and you make it specific. So you you really make it spe- spe- specific, and as all meditation practice, Tonglen practice is a body practice. It's body work. It's not something like you know, light and black and no it's not like that it's it's a, it's body work the whole body is involved it's felt and and you will of course in, in the third step you will come to your limits you, you no you will like no and you and you have to be honest no you have to be honest there its like you, you, you give and you do as best as you can from that from, from genuine generosity, from, from genuine presence. And then you accept your limits. So you neither, you neither push push too much so that you burn out or you become bitter, or you become resentful, or disappointed, or overwhelmed. Which happens a lot for people who uh, you know, take on big projects. And uh, yeah. So then, when you notice that, you you, you know Oh, now it's time for me to sit. Now it's time for me to reconnect with my resources. Because if I now continue to give, instead of easing the pain in the world, I will add to the pain in the world. I will add my own pain. But on the other hand, so that's accepting your limits. On the other hand, you also push a bit. You push a bit. Or oh, you, 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 you 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 go into places you, you notice in yourself with your practice that that your capacity to make your territory Ter- to, to, to let other people into your territory that that grows. So there is a bit of pushing. So there should be a bit more like with, with times of this practice a bit more uh, easiness in giving. That is probably like a trap of these practices of self-compassion and self-acceptance that it becomes a kind of dead end. Yeah? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking care of myself and self-compassion and self-acceptance and not pushing. And, um, so to find the balance there in the third step Reconnect connect with your own resources if you give example uh, th- your the deepest resource is Buddha nature. Mm-hmm. So more you are familiar with the teachings on the nature of mind more you make the pointing out instructions in the Tibetan tradition an experience more you can relax into grounded compassionate presence Starting and, and with mine. Starting with myself. That's yeah, that's that's where where you look. <coughs> so <coughs> The, f- the first step, I mean, you know, those, peop- those of you who are familiar with uh, the Mahamudra teachings, the Dzogchen teachings, the- those of you who have a sense of the boundaryless, centerless, timeless presence, which is in the background from which your experience arises and dissolves back into. That's what I'm talking about here. In the Tibetan tradition you have the, po- the invitation to connect with that through symbols. and through symbols or through the relationship to a teacher. Which is not necessary two different things. So, one way to do this, and uh, now I started to talk and talk, so I will just continue, and then, we, then I will do the meditation after the break. So I w- will explain a bit the meditation we are going to do. And then on Saturday, I will introduce you to different levels of Tonglen. You know, there's different visualizations, different ways to do this. So on Saturday, I have the whole day to, to guide you into different uh, ways to, to practice Tonglen. And I, I want to say it again. This is a very beautiful practice. It's really worth to explore this practice. I, I assure assure you, there is a, there, there are ways, you, know, that you can be creative with Tonglen. Um, there are ways. If you get into this practice and you play a bit with it and you experiment with it, it is... Such a beautiful tool to have when you are in crisis, when someone who is close to you in crisis, when someone is sick, when you are sick, when someone is dying, when you are dying. Tonglen can be practiced in any kind of situation, in any kind of challenge. And more you're familiar with it, more naturally it will come to you in 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 a moment of crisis. It's worth to, uh, uh, to explore this practice. So, one way to do this first step is to uh, imagine the presence of the Buddha in front of you, the presence of the Dalai Lama, the presence of the Karmapa, the presence of Jesus. If that is hocus-pocus for you, the presence of someone you feel inspiring, you know, someone who is like, who is a bit of that grounded, compassionate presence. Could be your grandfather, your grandmother. Could be someone you met. It could be Jesus. It could be you know, someone who touches like, touches you like that. It could be also a, more of a symbol, like shenrizik so if you, maybe you have a saint like that or a symbol. Yeah? Maybe you have like a childhood friend. I mean like an imaginary childhood friend. friend. Uh, no, something like that. So while you imagine that being in front of you, you really feel, no, you, you feel that he or she or it is there? So you you make it a kind of three D experience with mm. sound and smell and taste and the whole body, the body, the felt sense of the body. So there, of course, in the bra- the practice of uh, you know, guru devotion makes sense mm. because if you have been the presence of the Karmapa or the presence of the Dalai Lama, then you have something kind of felt sense in the body, possibility to uh, to repeat that experience, to reconnect with that experience. So you, the important thing here is, and that might not be happen if you do it once. Why it might not happen. Any, every time you do it yeah? so uh, it's also a matter of uh, finding your ways, finding your channels, finding finding how, how it makes sense for you. Uh, so what, what is important is that then you soak that in like you you kind of you imagine you, you soak it in with, with the whole with all the cells of your body you you breathe it in you you like it's like sitting in the sun you take it in it's possible you can do it i mean in the same way you can imagine a horrible situation and you you know like the horrible situation which is happening in your life right now And in the night you wake up, and there it is. I mean, you have anxiety and you feel exactly as if this person or the situation is in the room. So you have the capacity. And maybe you have the responsibility uh, to put some good things there also. To feed that capacity with some positive things. So then, this being, it could be also many beings, yeah. like in the Tanka says usually, like there's the five, the five Buddha families symbolized there, and then there's these two Bodhisattvas there, so it could be also, and there we are so different, no? some people that would, they would imagine like a, like a tree full of, Angels, yeah. And some people they are more like sense style, yeah. So just one (laughs) the Buddha, yeah, nothing else, very simple. So be brave in your practice, be creative in your practice. Don't try to do it the right way. Try it the way it touches you. Because that it is what what matters, that it touches you. And because then, then it can, then it can, you know, then, then it means something, and then it will help you in a time of crisis. It will not help you in a time of crisis when you think, oh, now I have to visualize the refuge field, with, you know. And then you have, oh, I think I'm, I, 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 I didn't memorize it the right way. Was Abulukrishvara Abel- <laughs> in the second place or in? The <laughs> Not, not the type for that when the shit hits the fan so then that the, this being or these beings that dissolve and they fill your whole body why do you do that Something in you, so while you imagine that being in front of you, something in you already knows this is an aspect of myself. I'm looking at myself. So it's a bit of mm, Something in you knows it's me. But still there is a sense of going down to your knees and like this, yeah? Something in you knows what I'm, what I'm bowing to, what I'm, uh, what, I'm, what I'm praying to, what I'm surrendering to is the other. But something in you, no, it's actually me. I'm confirming my own true nature. So this is not worshipping on, on, on the deepest level. It's not like calling some forces from outside. It's reconnecting with the best in you, with the indestructible good in you. And because we, are, we grow up in the culture where we don't, where we don't familiarize ourselves with that, it's difficult sometimes for us to kind of directly connect with the goodness in us. So we use this kind of spiritual trick of projecting it out there while knowing that we are projecting it and then turning it back. So, then you breathe it in, so you, and for that it is really helpful if you have familiarized yourself with some, uh, with the body posture of meditation, with some groundedness, it helps very much if you have cultivated some stability, maybe with some breathing meditation or you know some yoga or you know something so that you that your body and mind, that you're a bit familiar also with that grounded sitting like you know, where you trust the weight of your body, where you trust your presence, you trust the space where you sit in. You feel rooted. This things you develop in meditation, you cultivate in meditation. And then you either work with the emotional challenge which is happening just now, if there is one, or you use this beautiful capacity of our mind, which is also our curse, you could, you make up a problem. I mean, you wouldn't call it. You make up a problem. Uh, you would think it's a real problem, but so you you bring something difficult, yeah. Like the difficult talk this afternoon, the emotional challenge you have in your in your relationship, the the anxiety you are plagued by, or whatever, the depression, yeah, something you work with in this period of your life, and and we are all, I mean, we are all on this path of healing. So that means. Our life really kind of throws us throws us these things, yeah? That's why why we all have them. I, I mean all of us here. You, you're not the only one who is overwhelmed by life. We are all overwhelmed by life. Because it's fucking difficult just to get up in the morning. So These are the themes, you know? So you could, in a way, say, like, where you are in your life, it's a wonderful place because your life throws at you those things which your job is to heal. So, either you work with something which is, he, which is there already, yeah, so, and most of the time, I guess, there is something, just in the present moment, you know, without, you know, thinking about the past or the future. Uh, but in case there's nothing, then either, I mean, one option then is there to just soak in a moment of peace, yeah, <laughs> so it's just, It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But for, for training purposes, it could be also possible then at that moment to just bring in some challenge. So now what is important here, you don't jump into it and get overwhelmed. So what you do is, again, it is this leaning into going back. Into the resource, going back into the groundedness, going back into the, into the panoramic awareness, going back into, into. Sitting back into the lap of the Dalai Lama. Yeah, ah, ah. I can, I can touch anything, for me. I mean anything. So and then and then again kind of ninety percent resting in your resource, ten percent touching that which is difficult. Maybe very shortly. Yeah? And then you go back. So for that, of course, you there needs to be a familiarity with how it feels to sit in the lap of the Dalai Lama. You have, to, you have to have soaked it in and soaked it in and soaked it in and soaked it in that it is accessible to you. That makes, uh, that, that, that might take a few years, might take 10 years. 15 years, 20 years, depending on how much you brought it with you, how much your parents could give you the lap of the Dalai Lama. But it's it's a worthwhile project. It's really. And it's part of it's maybe no in in the beginning you feel maybe that you can't find it or but it is it is part of the made up I mean you're born with it basically. It's just the Dalai Lama couldn't take us all. His lap was not big enough. (laughs) So, and then when you do that, then maybe slowly you, you increase your capacity to be with the pain a little bit longer without feeling overwhelmed. You hold it. You touch it. You breathe into it. So you use different images and different practices you have learned with the breath, maybe with some movement. You know, you can dance with the pain. You can you can uh, express. You can connect with the pain through writing or through painting. Or so you find different ways to to uh, to hold that. And to touch that, you can talk with other people about it, yeah? So you find different ways to hold and touch that which is painful in you. Ninety percent sitting in the Dalai Dalai Lama's lap. Ten percent. don't rush we have we have all the time we, we don't need to uh, we do. it's it's better to be uh, to be genuine in 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 this work and and, and not 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 pretending So and then So that was the first f- two steps connecting with your buddha nature. In the first step I uh, one option and I I will go for that after the break is then to imagine this figure in your heart. So like at least for those who can connect with a felt sense of something through a symbol. And we can experiment with that. So you have the Dalai Lama in your heart or the Buddha in your heart. Um, So that makes it possible to do the third step. And that is, you imagine a person. Of course, you can do it also with the person who is actually there. Uh, It's a beautiful practice if you're sitting by the bedside of someone who is very sick or a dying person. It's one of the practices which are mostly recommended in in the area of support of dying people. So, you have the Buddha in your heart. That is your resource. That is your true nature. So that that is what what opens, you know, what, where you take the pain of the other person. So, but before you do that, you look at the other person, and as best as you can, you connect with that in the other person. That that Buddha, that Dalai Lama. So you kind of, in the same way as in your work, where you work through the layers of contractedness and self-centeredness and anxiety, you're working, you have worked through that. It's, I mean, I'm not saying it's gone, all of that, but you have kind of, you have stepped away a bit from it. You have disidentify a bit from it. You have realized, experiential, that you are bigger than that. And and that bigger than that, that is symbolized as this Buddha in your heart. Sometimes called Buddha nature. And of course, every living being has the same. Every living being is born and this is now the view we have, that's the Buddhist view. Better you believe (laughs) in. You know, the materialistic nihilistic view will bring you only pain. So just drop it. (laughs) Really? It's still depressive. It's a pathological view. Because it makes you unhappy. So let's assume a more healthy view. Yeah? What is a healthy view? Something which makes you able to live. Which makes you able to find a way to live. So this healthy view is that you, in the same way you have cleared a bit of the layers of your of your self-centeredness. In the same way, you do this with the other person and you kind of, you look behind. No, maybe you can like, look into the eye of a person and then and then you see, wow, there's something in, there's something there. I can see the uh, I can see the fear, I can see the wounds in the body and in the face. But there is this beautiful, this beautiful something there. So you, you and, and if you are again a symbol, symbol person, like a symbol, someone who can work with symbols, then you just imagine that Buddha sitting, or the Dalai Lama, or Jesus sitting in the heart of that person. and then you can ask after yes. the break yeah? and then you relax a bit <sighs> I, I don't need to fix this person mm-hmm. so you, you relax a bit I don't need to fix this person It it, it maybe looks hopeless but it isn't. Actually, in a way, nothing is happening. In a way, yeah. I'm not putting down the suffering and saying, uh, no, but on that level, nothing is happening. Goodness is, was, and will be this goodness. And the crisis is something which we address and we honor, but it will pass. So now, now you are ready. To see the problems of the person, the pain of the person, the struggle of the person as your problems. There is no differentiation. You're sitting in the same boat. There is no like, oh my problems and what does it do with me and this is too much and it's hopeless. and. I can't do anything, and I, I need to. Wh- what do I need to do? Can I say something? And ne- no, I don't want to really. I don't want to be involved. Really, uh, there's there's nothing of that because it is your problem. It is really your problem, and you know it. Y- you know it. You 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 because you you have touched your own pain, so. You, you know how it feels. So, this i this thing of taking on, you know, this is like the meaning of Tonglen, is taking on the problems of other people and giving away what is good. On that level, it does not make really sense. Because it's not that you take on the, the, the problem of other people, there are no other people. a break and then from there you extend so and then maybe you can in the end then it becomes more like a a kind of more a wish Uh, but there can be also a a strange, a strange experience of that it is actually possible. That it is actually possible to breathe in the pain which we all share and to breathe out that what is needed. So then then you have the practice of taking taking upon yourself, like Jesus, the pain of people and uh, breathing out what is needed. So, in that stage of practice, you really have you really start to dissolve the sense of separateness, (coughs) and it starts to be a possibility to. Somehow open to the pain in the world without giving up. Okay. So let's have a break.